happy to see all of you guys here. And now that I look perfect, I wanted to uh, say that I'm happy to be here too. You know, it's, it's an awesome place to be. David said, David said that he's only asking to be, to be, to see God, right? To see God before his eyes, to be in God's temple all the days of his life. And honestly, it's not, it's not about the building, but it's about being in the place where God is. That's what the temple was, right? That's where, that was the place where God was. And I don't know, I, I am young and there are many, many things and desires and dreams I can dream. But I'll say this, that I, I really, <laughs> like if I'm, not, if I'm not where God is, then everything else is kind of, you know, it's starting to, it's starting to lose meaning. Really, if you don't, if you don't, if you are not where God is, then you are starting to lose meaning and purpose and and everything else in life. I I have a question. Is there any way? Like I feel so much echo echo from what I'm saying. Is there any way to bring it down? If yes, please. I'm one of the people that's a little bit sensitive to that, but I know that I can handle that, uh, even if even if that can be adjusted. But still. I want to share one little thing before we before I preach. Do you guys remember when um, when they were when there was a, a time in the Persian Empire? Uh, Esther, remember Esther, right? Mordecai, I like the cool name, one of the coolest names. I don't know. I always liked it, Mordecai. Uh, but anyway, so remember when when Esther and her people were in danger of being slaughtered and killed in one day, uh, remember what she did when Mordecai told her, go and, um, you know, go talk to the king. Maybe the king can do something. Maybe he can cancel the order. Maybe he can do something. Remember what she said? She said, she said, um, go and go fast and I'll go fast for three days and then I'll go to the king. How do you think, like three days? I was always thinking it's just like three days, really, for something like this? You fast, like you fast. You fast for three weeks or something like that. Something serious, right? And then I noticed that it was actually fasting without food or water. It's like no eating, no drinking. And then I was like, ah, okay, that makes sense now. So I don't know if you've noticed that before. I have not noticed that before. I think it's in Esther... Uh, 417 it says it's with that three days without food I mean, without water if you if you don't know that's absolutely the maximum normal human body can handle people that try to fast they say on day three and for sure on day four you just close your eyes you see water like waterfalls or some stream of water anything any memory of water you start seeing it you can you start hearing the water you start feeling like you're drinking water and it's, it's just, you know, yeah, I just thought about it, that it's a nice little fact. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm excited about it. Seems like you guys are not, but um, I just wanted to share that. So today's sermon, I called it, uh, I called it You Are. It's like, you know, you, letter U, and no, just kidding. You Are. Um, and I want to show, Noah, do you have that uh, picture ready? If you could please turn on I found this uh, a few days ago, and I think the baby's pretty serious, right? Like, 
just back off, devil. You know, I'm not even, I can't even talk, but back off. Uh, that's good. You can take that down. But um, the reason I brought this up is I saw it and I started wondering, you know, we have something to lear- learn from this baby. What do you guys think we have to learn from this baby or from that picture? I'll say, I'll say this. I have a question. How many times do we feel like that in our life? Like how many times do you feel, devil, back off because I belong to Jesus. Just back off. Don't even, don't even try to touch me. It's going to be to your disadvantage. You're going to get hurt badly. How many times? If you, if you, I mean, don't raise hands. Don't give me numbers. But if you think in 2018, in the last five days, how many times have you thought that way? Right? That's, that's a good question to ask. So my question today, and every, is what I'm going to be talking about, is who do you think you are? Who do you guys think you are? What are you? Who are you? Is that a good question to ask? Who, who thinks it's a good question to ask? Say amen. 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 Okay, so there are some people who, who care about what I'm going to be talking about today. So I'll start with a few verses. I have, I have, let's see, I have about 40 scripture references in my in my notes today, and I have about double the amount of notes than I do usually, but lucky you, I'm not going to read every single verse. Uh, those are just references. So the first one is in John 15, 15. It says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So the question is, do you really think that you are Jesus' friend? Just think about it for a second. If you need to close your eyes, close your eyes. But try to look deep inside of you and think. You know, like if you close your eyes right now and you think, do I really consider myself a friend of Jesus? I'll, I'll say this. I probably don't think about myself that way 100% of the time. Not because I'm doing something bad. Not because, you know, not because there's something in my life or not because I don't love God. It's just, it's just we read over these verses and we just say, ah, oh, yeah, I'm not, not no longer a slave, no longer a servant, a friend of God, la, 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 let's, let's see what's next. We're, we're going to talk about, you know, calling for the fire down from heaven to burn down those cities that didn't accept them, right? It's like we... For some reason, we are, you know, we're, we are paying attention, attention to some action in the Bible sometimes, but we're not paying attention to real action in the Bible. It's like, he says, I am his friend. Like, if, let's imagine this. Who is one of, like, one of very influential people in the nation right now? Trump. Okay. I didn't want that name, but that's okay. Not, I mean, I don't have anything against the guy, but uh, I'm just saying. Like, I, okay, Trump. So if you would be like a really like buddy, buddy, buddy friends with Trump right now, what do you think would be? Would you be like, would your life be a little bit different? Like if you would, if you could text him right now or tweet him, you know, personally, like send him a PM on Twitter, if you would have Twitter, do you think it would be a little bit different for you? I think it would be quite different. You know, I, I think... You know, tomorrow you could have some business. Tomorrow you could have like, you know, zero interest loans, some funding, some investments, some opportunities that 
you don't have today if you'd be like a real friend with Trump or somebody else, you know, like there's many people. But what happens if we are really friends with Jesus? Which the Bible says that, right? If we believe the Bible, if we don't believe the Bible, then there's a bigger problem that we have. But we do believe the Bible to be true. And it says that we are a friend of Jesus. Can, can you just imagine what is available to us? Like what kind of opportunities are available to us? What, if, we, if tomorrow we wake up with that mindset, then how different our life can be tomorrow? Even today our life can become different. But do we think that way? You know, another um, thing that I call like the ultimate excuse for Christians is it sounds something like this. You know, if only Jesus would walk with us today. Like if he would be here on this earth in the physical body. Have you ever thought about that? Like have you ever thought that way? Like if I could come up and talk to Jesus in, in church tonight, it would be so amazing. It would be so wonderful. It would be just my life would be different. Have you guys thought? I mean, I thought about that. I thought that way. And I can probably bet money that all of you have thought that way at some point in your life. Like if Jesus would be here, oh, everything would be so much so much better. Well, first of all, there's like probably 2 billion people and probably even more that would be in line <laughs> to talk to Jesus. Uh, and some, you know, would be repeat customers. So we would not be coming to Jesus like as much as we think. It's not, we wouldn't be like, hi, Jesus, you know, or you would sit next to him in church or something like that. Um, so I just want to disappoint you first and then encourage you. Uh, because I think, you know, when you disappoint somebody, then you encourage them. It's a stronger encouragement. So, no, I didn't do it for that. But, you know, if, if Jesus would be here, if he would be physically here on this earth, guess what? He might not have healed you. It's possible that he would not heal you, not because he hates you or doesn't like you, or he, because it's not true what the Bible says that you're his friend, but he might have not healed you. You know, the different reasons, different situations, I'm not going to go into that, but there are different reasons. There's good reasons for not getting healing. Did you know that? There are good reasons for that. You sound, you look at me like I'm talking crazy stuff. Uh, he wouldn't fix all your problems. It's very possible he wouldn't fix all your problems. It's absolutely possible. In fact, it's very likely because that's not what he's after. He's not after, you know, he's not a fairy to go just, chong, you know, and everything's fixed for you. Everything. Um, actually, if you think about it, he would probably, you know, it'd probably be worse for you guys because, I'll, and you'll realize why later, and I'll read that in a second, but he would probably actually make us way more uncomfortable about, about certain things in our life than, than we are right now, you know? But here's the encouragement, I promise, right? There's encouragement in John 16, 7. Look at what it says. It says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. In other translations, it says it's better for you, or it's better for you, it's, it's good for you, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, why is Jesus saying it's better? Because... 
you know, Jesus was a human, right? He was fully God, fully human, but he could only be in one place with one person, having one conversation at one time. Holy Spirit can be with everyone at the same time. He can be, Jesus was, he could be by you. He could do something for you or to you. Holy Spirit is in us and he can do something in us. It's way different. And the Holy Spirit has so many names. And one of his names is Comforter. One of those things that he does to us is he comforts us. He reminds us of the word of God. If Jesus would be here, you would probably remember. If the Holy Spirit wouldn't be here, but Jesus would be, you probably would remember a lot less scripture. Because, you know, you would have to have Jesus remind you or you would use your natural brain. But how many times there are situations where just a, a verse just springs up in your, in your soul, in your heart. And you did not even memorize it, and, but you just remember word for word, or you remember the whole meaning, and it's applicable to your situation. So, so you know, I, I just want to take that excuse from you. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, not, it's not that Jesus is not here, and now everything is so much harder. It's actually better right now. It's better than when Jesus was here walking on this earth, because we all have the Spirit of God in us if we choose to, if we accept Him, if we open up for Him. It's even better so there is even less excuses for us before, before uh, you know, before we were like, oh, if Jesus would be here, it would be so much easier and better and simpler. It actually should be even better than that because now we have the Spirit of God in us. We're not orphans. God did not leave us. One example that I wanted to bring up, and I'll, I'll say why I'm bringing it up, is think about this. Somebody is calling you, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, what's a dirty, really dirty job? What's the dirtiest job you've ever done? What? A plumber? Okay, so now nah, a plumber doesn't cut it. It should be worse than that. What? What? Janitor. Nah, nah, nah. So... Now, I'm talking about like full body immersion, you know, like something, I don't know, I, I, I should have thought about it, but um, have you guys, do you guys know what sewer pumps are? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so imagine if you have to, like, if, uh, let's say like, you know, like, let's say something is stuck and, and, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do its job and you have to maintain a sewer pump. You have to do something with a sewer pump, Right. So I ask you, I'm your friend, and you're a friend who can't say no, I got you. Uh, and I ask, can you come help me? I need to be working like on a sewer pump or, you know, imagine something like that. What kind of clothes are you coming in? Just think about it. Would you, you would come with something that something is dirty, you'd probably have some mask on you, you'd have something that, you know, that you really don't care about. If you like have to take it off and throw it away or burn it, you'd be fine, right? Would you ever go like in your, in your, in your nice uh, evening dress or your, some nice suit you bought or would you wear anything white? No, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. And what's the reason for that? I mean, what's the reason? Because about dirty clothes, you don't care. But about clean clothes, you really care about, right? I mean, good, nice, something expensive, something that you wear you know, to a good occasion, to church, something dressy, something, you know, white, maybe. You do care about that, right? So you want to protect it. So think that, keep that, keep that thought in your mind. And let's go to 1 Corinthians 
says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. That, 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 those words that are used there, they're talking, talking about, uh, I don't know how, what's the word in English, but in Russian it's bililishik. Somebody who is whitening clothes. It's, it says, it says that we were washed whiter than, than anyone else on this earth could wash off a white thing. We're whiter than that. We're whiter than snow. We're whiter than you can even imagine. That's what it talks about us. That's, that's what it says about us, is that we have been washed clean. So imagine if you've been washed clean, what kind of places and what kind of things would you do? What, I mean, you wouldn't go cleaning you know, the sewer pump, right? Fixing the sewer pump. You would not go anywhere near anything like that. You probably wouldn't even go outside because it might, you know, a raindrop might fall and you can pick up a piece of dirt and put it on your, on your nice clean clothes. So imagine if you're like all white, you would really keep yourself away from everything that can potentially stain it, right? The reason I'm saying that, I think when we see ourselves like that, when we see ourselves washed clean, absolutely clean, there, there's a verse in the Bible that says that we have been, we are without blame. We're just perfectly clean. We are treating ourselves, our lives differently. How often do we have that mind over ourselves how often do you know we think about that one day we're going to go into heaven and we're going to have a white robe and then then everything then i'm going to keep clean then i'm going to be really feeling clean do you feel clean right now i'm talking about you know spiritually i know maybe not everyone could shower today before youth and everything you know let's not go there but but seriously do you feel clean inside and if you don't and you want to it is, it is available. That, that you know, that, uh, it says, it's like bathing in the spirit where you're washed, your sins are washed away, where your guilt are washed away, your shame is washed away. You are, you are absolutely clean, and absolutely free. The question is, how many times do we see ourselves that way? Because when we don't, when we think that we're walking in dirty rags, and that's what we do is we, we just, you know, we don't care about those dirty rags anymore. We don't even protect them. We don't even try to, you know, stay away from things that can stain it. We don't. We don't stay away from conversations that can stain it. We don't say, stay away from websites that can stain it. We don't stay away from music that can stain it, from friends that can stain it. We don't. And, and, and that's, that's often the reason but when we come before God, when we ask for forgiveness, when we repent, when we bring our heart before Him, this is what's done to us. We are washed clean. It says that God throws our sin behind His back and, and doesn't remember it anymore, doesn't bring it back to remembrance anymore. God, If God looks at us, He sees us as clean as Jesus. Do you guys realize it? What kind of a different life we ought to live when we have that, when we have that understanding in us? Amen? I have another story that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. 
I think somebody somebody was telling that in church one day, but I can't remember. Uh, there was one lady that um, that was you know kind of like nervous of, of of flying on the airplane, right? For some reason, I don't. I like airplanes. I like flying away somewhere, especially if it's with my family. I'm thinking like. If we crash, we go to Jesus, you know. <laughs> you know, we're planning to go to some nice place, but now we we'll go to Jesus, even better. Um, especially on the way back when we're flying back to Seattle and it's rainy and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, and so she's on the plane. She's nervous, you know, who knows what can happen. Uh, and so she, the way she was calming herself was she's taking the Bible with her, her and she would be reading. And, and I just think it's a great, blessed lady, right? If you calm yourself by the Bible, that's awesome. Because usually, you know, we're thinking, oh, I'm going to take my mind, take my thoughts off by something else. But, you know, she takes the Bible with her, sits down, starts reading. And then somebody on the airplane is, uh, is like looking at the Bible. <clears throat> He's like really laughing it off. And then he was barely sitting there for an hour or so. And then he's asking her, so what, what are you reading there? She goes, it's the Bible, the word of God. And he goes, do you really like, believe everything that book says? She goes, absolutely, it's the word of God. And you really believe about the story of a guy who was swallowed by a fish? Like, seriously? And she starts, he starts making fun of her. She goes, absolutely. He goes, how do you think he survived for, for, for three days in, in, the, you know, in the belly of the fish? She goes, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, but I'll, I can ask him. And I'll ask him when I get there. Uh, she, he goes, what if he's not in heaven? Well, she goes, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> that was a good, good punchline, right? And I was thinking, I was thinking, that lady on the plane, nervous, and she has the answers. I mean, that, you know, it's like that baby, right? Back off, devil. But it's, it shows what she was thinking. You know, when we're pressed in those situations, sometimes we're like lost for words. We're not sure what, what we're to say. How do we respond? How do we act? How do we carry ourselves? She really had that in herself. She really knew where she's going and she knew where others are going. So that, that shows so much more of, of, of um, you know, of where, kind of of where she was. And I just wonder how many times how often, how much do we walk this life like this? You know, when we can occasionally, maybe in an uncomfortable situation, can answer like that. In Romans six fifteen through 17, 8, or the first part of the verse, it reads, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. If heirs of God, then and joint heirs with Christ. I really want you to read deep into this verse. Like, think, think about this. Heirs of God. Who would want to be an heir of, uh, you know, who's, who's very rich and dying soon? Um, I don't know, like, I don't know, Warren Buffett, maybe, you know, he's, a, he's an investor, he's pretty old. Um, can, you, can you imagine being his heir? It's like you, you know, he dies, you get lots of opportunities, lots of money, lots of different things. But this says we're heirs of God. We're going to inherit when, when the day comes, 
We're going to inherit everything that God has. We're, we're co-heirs or we're joint heirs with Christ. What Christ inherits, we inherit. We get an inheritance from God. How often do we think about ourselves that way? I mean, how often do we sell ourselves like we have no inheritance, that, like we don't have any future, like we don't have any potential? How often do we sell ourselves cheap, 90% off or even more? How often do we do that? How often in our brains we give up? We give up to maybe some temptation, some thought pattern, you know, some habit, some attack, some lie by the devil that we are, you know, you know I'm just, I, I just am, you know. Who, who cares what I am? Who cares where I am? Who cares how I am? I think God really does. I mean, there's tons of things in the Bible that show that he does. Another thing that I want to, to talk about, and we're probably we're going to close with that and, and, and pray. And when we do pray, I want us to, to, really, to really think about these things, to really think, to really pray to God. <laughs> Not like we are all of, the, all of those things, but since we are all of those things. Since we are his friends, since we are his children, since we are his heirs, since he has everything for us, since we're pure, absolutely clean, without a blame, there is nothing, absolutely nothing between us and God that hinders us. There is nothing that drags us back, absolutely nothing. He sees us like he saw Jesus. We're absolutely clean. Have you heard that phrase? You know, uh... In, in, in Christians are saying that very often. I'm guilty of that. I am just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Have you heard that? Have you said that? I know you all did, right? So I just decided to, uh, every, time, every time you make a broad statement like that, it's good to go and verify if the Bible confirms that or not. And so I just did a little scan and I came up with a list of items of who Bible says we are. You guys ready for that? God help me to read this whole thing. But the Bible says that we're children of God. John 1.12 One with God's Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.17 Freed from sin, Romans 6.6 6. Image of God, Genesis 1.27 Chosen, priest of the king, holy, God's special possession, 1 Peter 2.9 we are temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Loved by God, John 3, 16. More than conquerors, Romans 8, 37. God's heirs, Romans 6, 17. Complete in Him, Colossians 2, 10. A life with Christ, Ephesians 2, 5. Free from sin and death, Romans 8, 2. Have God's peace, Philippians 4, 7. Have mind of Christ, Philippians 2, 5. Holy and without blame, Ephesians 1, 4. Supplied by God, provided by God. Philippians 4.19, able to do anything, Philippians 4.13, protected, Psalm 91, fearless, Isaiah 54.14, God's work of art, or the coolest gadget on earth for younger people, Ephesians 2.10, overcomers, Revelation 12.11, leading and not following, Deuteronomy 28.13, healed, 1 Peter 2.24, we're salt, or difference makers, Matthew 5.13, light, or vessels of hope, Matthew 5:14, redeemed, Galatians 3:13, saved, Romans 10:9 through 10, sanctified, Acts 26:18, and sinners, Romans 3:23.
That's just what I could find really, really, really quick. That's 28 to 1. That's, that's the kind of sinners we are. Yes, we were sinners. Yes, that's what, that's what, that was our nature. But what about everything else? I mean, when you, you know, when you put, like in your bank, when you deposit money, deposit money, if you deposit 10000 then you deposit 20000 then you deposit 5000 then you deposit 15000 how much money is that? Like 50000 60000 And then you go to McDonald's and you spend 10 bucks, Or you spend, let's say you spend 20 bucks at McDonald's. You really, you were really hungry. Um, or picky with your order. Uh, that's 100 bucks less, or 20 bucks less, right? So does that cancel your whole account? Are you at zero now? No, no you're not. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying this. I'm not downplaying sin. I'm not downplaying what, you know, the darkness and what we were and, and, and what we could be. But you think about all of that. I mean, we, we act like that, like this sometimes. Like we, we had 50 grand in our account. We went and spent 20 and now we're broke. And we act like we're broke. We got, guys, we act like we're broke. We behave like that. We, you know, we refuse situations. We refuse sin. We do act like we're broke sometimes. But we are not, by far not broke. And, and 50,000 is such a miserable comparison to all of these things, right? And, and I give you a verse for every single one of those, and you can probably find two, three more verses for every single of these points. You can have 100, 200 more points like that. I just like, I just ran through things, right? I don't know how many minutes it took me, but it wasn't a lot to dig all of that up. And of course, I mean, of course there are conditions. Like in Romans 8, 12 through 13, says we are we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live live in second part of romans eight seventeen says if indeed we suffer all of those blessings if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together i don't know to me this is very precious do you, you guys think that I'm advertising? I totally am advertising because there is a lot to advertise. There is a life to advertise. But I just, I just notice sometimes, you know, you talk to somebody or you see somebody in a situation. I'm even talking about myself. I'm like, hold on a second. I am going to inherit the earth. Jesus said that. The whole earth is my playground. Like, guess what? I can go anywhere on earth. That's going to be mine. I'm going to inherit the earth. But do I act like that? I, I act often like I don't even have, uh, you know, enough room to put, set my foot in this earth. Do I live like that? Do I, like if I would be, you know, if, like if I own the whole earth, I, I, like, I would be like, you know, I'd be, of course, to everyone, like, welcome, guys. You know, you feel free to use my earth. Um, I enjoy that you're making me company, but just don't forget, you know, like, you'd probably be mowing a lot more lawns than, than you do now. <laughs> but I'd be like, you know, it's like, this is my thing. But we have so much more than that. That's not, you know, we've seen some of, uh, some of the sermons. We know that even the earth is such a small piece of the universe. 
then even that or, or the galaxy, which one is bigger? The galaxy or the universe? The universe, okay. So there's so many galaxies in the universe and who knows how many universes there are, even if you know there are more universes or not. But anyway, not an astrologist so, or an astronomer, okay. And I also don't know all English words in the right context. Uh, but regardless, thanks for trying to spoil my, uh, <laughs> the end. Uh, but, you know, it's think about that. Think about, about how different we would live, how different we would approach God. You know, still with reverence, with, with, with trembling, with, you know, with respect, absolutely. But I think we would ask way more boldly. We would come, we would truly come boldly before the throne of God because we know we're not coming as beggars. We're not coming as somebody he doesn't know. He sees us on his throne and he's happy. When we come and we say, God, I need more of you. I need your spirit. I need your help. God, cleanse me. God, forgive me. We're not coming as strangers to him. He knows us. And that's, that's what I want to say. You know, it's... If you, if you haven't found the need of God yet, I'll, I, I almost... I, can, I probably can promise and guarantee you that you will one, one day, one evening, one night, one morning, you'll find yourself, if you're not really investing into God, you'll find yourself broken and empty and broke, truly. But God is really the best place to invest. It's, it's, you know, it's best purpose and best reason to live. Sometimes people, you know, they look for a reason to get up in the morning. And for lots of us, it's a college. It's, you know, it's, a, it's work. It's something else. Otherwise, we wouldn't get up until um, like 11, you know, noon. <laughs> I don't know. Humans are pretty amazing. They can sleep long. But, you know, we were, like, what's your reason to get up in the morning? When you're awake, what's the reason that you want to be alive? And I'll, I'll be honest, there's nothing better in this life than to experience God. There is absolutely nothing better than your connection with God, than to see your prayer answered, than to see your life changed, than to see God use you to change someone else's life or to do, make a difference in this world, than to know that there is a purpose way greater than I can imagine or comprehend. That, to me, is a, is a good reason to live. With that, I want, to, I want us to stand up and pray. And when you pray, I, I, I want us to pray individually. But if you can, if you... No, you actually can. Let's, let's, close, let's close all of our eyes. And just think of yourself. Right now, you are in the throne room of God. And you, you can come boldly before him, him. If you repent, if you humble yourself, if you call on Jesus, if you call on the name of the Lord, he will answer. He will save you. He will wash you clean. And then you can come before God and there is absolutely nothing between the two of you. You come before Him and there is nothing between the two of you. 
You're like Moses who talked to God like a friend, face to face. You're clean. You're set free. No sin hinders you. Nothing is dragging you. There is like Paul said, there is no depth, no height, no width. Nothing in heaven, nothing on the earth, nothing in the waters down below that can separate you from the love of God. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us.